this is kind of the magic of the par train, right? Taking it down, brainstorming and helping each other. So yep. let's keep, let's keep enjoying the ride. Right, Ev? And we are back for another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We've got Mr. Matt Cermak here with me as always. Thank you guys, as always, for jumping aboard the part train. In case you're new, our mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. And we believe if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We feature interviews from PJ Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and give you the tools to enjoy the ride. Before we get to the mental game mailbag, our first ever mailbag, sir. I mean, this is exciting stuff. Very exciting. Let me explain really quick what the mailbag is, and then we'll get to a word from our friends at Roback. Uh, guys, we opened up a little, uh, yeah, the par train hotline. <laughs> um, all you guys got to do is dial 213-640-7606. Zero six. I feel like we're reading like an old school radio ad, you know, where you got to call a number. Um, 213-640-7606. That is the Partrain Mental Game Hotline. And we've got a few questions from people just like you, listeners. We're going to dive into it. It's almost like a mental game roundtable, um, but we're kind of dipping into a few. This is our first one. Excited to dig in. Um, but first, quick word from our friends at Roback. It is officially summer. Okay. The summer solstice solstice happened. Longest day of the year has happened. It's on my bucket list term at one point to get to Bandon or Sand Valley and wow. play all day 72 holes. Seems like too much. I mean, it could be, but I want to do it at least once. Roback <laughs> is the best golf gear in the game. Everything is four-way stretch. Everything looks good. Everything stays crisp after every wash. And summertime is the perfect time. Get yourself some new polos, maybe a performance t-shirt for all those workouts. Got to get back into shape. Things are opening up. Yes. Maybe get one of the hats. The hats are always flying off the shelf. Yep. I got to have all the colors. I got a hat with me right here. They got a bunch of rope hats. They got a bunch of hats. But all you guys got to do is open up the description for this episode. Go to the link in our show notes. Click that link and you'll get 15% off your first order at roback.com. And if you can't find that link in our show notes for some reason, just hit us up on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, you name it. It'll always be linked in our bio. Just tap that link, start shopping. No need to enter a code. The 15% auto applies as long as it's your first order. So get some rollback gear, look good, play good. All right. Mental game mailbag, sir. I mean, do you have any initial thoughts before we get into this, sir? I think it's exciting, right? I mean... We got a we got a couple guys who reached out to us who are good players, guys that are improving, guys that uh, are on the cusp of you know shooting personal best, and uh, I, I think we're gonna have a lot of a lot of fun with this. But uh, whole point is to help you guys uh, just get better, right? But find some clarity. And uh, Ev, uh, we're gonna break it down here. So let's dive in. I feel like this format is what our show is all about. Right. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the best form of what this show is designed to be about. It's about everyday people using what they can control to the best of their ability and getting better and learning that they can control a lot more than they think they can and also learn 
when to let go. And so, uh, you know, it's been a real thrill for me, sir. I know it has for you just through our Instagram growing like crazy and our podcast growing that everyday people are relating, you know, with, with our learnings and making their mental game stronger and therefore having more fun and enjoying the ride more. So this episode and our first mailbag is perfect example of that. So let's start with Dylan, shall we? What's up, Dylan? So Dylan actually left two two voicemails. The first one um, was pretty brief, and then he gave us a little bit more context. So I'm going to play both back-to-back. Hey, guys, it's the Par Train. My name is Dylan McHenry. Um, a little about me, I'm a, right now a 17 handicap. Just I've been taking lessons this year. I'm playing the best golf of my life. Last few rounds, I've been getting to a whole, about hole 15. Um, and then I'm just falling apart. So I was just wondering if I could get some some mental cues, some mental tips to um, be able to stay locked in for those last four holes. Um, you guys have helped me so much, and I'm just looking forward to continuing to enjoy the ride. Thanks. So just um, a few more details about those those rounds, especially the last last three. Um, I've been tracking to shoot some of the best scores in my life, which for me is you know, in the mid mid to low 80s. Um, and it's nothing, like, tangible. It's usually just, like, I guess it is tangible, like one bad shot, and it seems to just kind of spiral. But I'm staying what I feel like is calm mentally. Um, in the past, I'd blow up, throw clubs, the whole thing. Um, but that's not happening right now. And so um, I feel like I'm just rushing a little bit, and then... I feel myself rushing and not not taking my time, but also the score just kind of slowly creeps in over the last four holes, and it takes up more of my more of my mental space. Even though I know I just need to focus on hitting the next good shot, um, there's just I know those last four holes are keeping me from the result that I want, and so um, I'm not really trying. I feel like I'm tracking for a good score. And also trying to hold on. And I know that trying to hold on leads to those good results slipping away, at least it seems. And so um, just any help you have would be really greatly appreciated. Thanks. Okay. Thank you so much, Dylan, for submitting that. Uh, I think a lot of people will relate to this. Everyone has experienced this. Um, before we dig into it, Serm, the one thing I should start with is uh, let's give a little context to what Dylan just said. So 17 handicap, remember what that means. That means, remember, it's hard. it should be hard to shoot your handicap. That's your best 20 scores averaged together. It's not what you normally shoot. It's not an average score. So a 17 handicap means that if he plays well, he should break 90. He should shoot an 89, right? And so that means that most of the time, Dylan is probably shooting in the low to mid 90s. That's what a 17 handicap is. So what Dylan is saying is when he's on track to shoot mid 80s to low 80s, I'm going to assume by his handicap, he's never broken 80. So naturally, there's a lot of excitement there. He uh, tends to lose his way a little bit and shoot higher scores coming in. Everyone's done it. Everyone can relate to it. Uh, I'll start with you, sir. What are your initial thoughts for Dylan? He's seen a ton of progress uh, in his mental game. 
with controlling his emotions out there. And, and clearly he's getting a taste of some really exciting golf. To really sum it up, what I would say, Dylan, is think about what your routine is like in those first 14 holes. Okay. And that's really around your pre-shot routine and your, 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 your pre-shot routine and your post-shot routine, right? So how many practice swings are you taking? What's your breathing like? Clearly you've, you've developed a good routine before you hit the shot. And clearly you're having a ton of good holes. And clearly when you're having maybe a few bad holes or a few bad shots, you're kind of forgetting about it. You're getting over it in those first 14 holes. So when the pressure comes on and you're, you know, 10 over par, nine over par, going to the 15th hole and you're thinking about, oh, man, I might shoot 83 or 84 today. He wants to ride that train You've in. You've really got you ride that train in. You've really got to hone in back on your process and routine. You've got to go slower because everything wants to go faster and it is going faster and you know that and you're rushing. So because, you know, whether I, it happens to every player, it happens to the pros. You're thinking about your score. You're thinking about your result. And so I would really take the time to take that extra deep breath, to walk a little slower, to think about your tempo. Um, and, and when you do this, then you're more focused on your process and less on the results. The results are, you know, the thoughts about what am I going to make, make a birdie? Am I going to shoot 83? Am I going to shoot 84? There's going to be there. But that's because you're, you've become so obsessed with it. So I would just really, you know, you've got to take an extra deep breath. You got to make sure you're doing the same amount of practice swings. You're checking the wind. You're, you know, you're looking at how the grass is growing near the hole. And, and just really be cognizant of, uh, of your pace. And when you do that, then you've got really, you can really move your attention in those last four holes. And you're going to see better scores coming in. I love that. Well, first of all, let's acknowledge this time in Dylan's golfing life. What Dylan's starting to experience is consistency, right? He's starting to look towards shooting good scores. And this is a really important time because this is the time where you start to get excited. You're starting to get good results and you're starting to identify as a golfer and you're starting to think, wow, if I can do this for 14 holes, I could break 80, right? And yeah, tell ourselves these stories that it is exciting. It's a milestone everyone wants to do, of course. Um, but it's something that you create a story around. It creates more pressure than actually it needs to be. Dylan said something really interesting. He said he feels rushed, but he doesn't, but he still feels calm, right? Well, then I'd ask, why do you feel rushed? Most of the time why people rush is because you're trying to get in the clubhouse. What I would try and do and what I have done over the years is acknowledge it. Don't run away from the moment. Like Acknowledge the moment, but understand what happens in the moment. So it's natural for Dylan to put more pressure coming down the stretch because these results mean more to him because he's identifying it's a big milestone. It, it's, it's a big part of the identity, right? Um, but one thing I've realized that really helped me is I really asked myself one day, I said, I think I had a chance to break 80 and I was going to call our buddy Ryan. And I think I shot an 81, <laughs> right? I asked myself, 
what's going to change? What's going to change? I'm going to call him anyways, right? I'm going to talk to you, Serm, about the round I had. Nothing really changes in my life at all. So fill your mind with the shot you're trying to hit, right? And so if you catch yourself holding on, you know, Phil Mickelson was holding on early on in the PGA on Sunday, and he reset, right? He has to commit. So last thing I'll say to Dylan is this, Serm. This has really helped me and really pressure moments is I focus on my keys, not focusing on where I'm, what I'm not trying to do or, or to score a certain score, but I focus on my swing keys that I know helps me produce my best shot, right? So for you, Serm, that's getting into your right hip or making a full turn, right? For other people, it's staying in their posture so they don't dip or stand up. For me, staying in my posture feeling really light hands with tempo. Tempo has been really key. And I just obsess over what my key is. And I just try and have good tempo. And like wherever the ball goes, it goes. But like that's a key for me. So for Dylan, what I would say is let's take less pressure off of the situation. I don't think it's a problem or an issue. I think it's natural. Use these situations as experimenting, you know, experimental ground. And say, okay, I'm in there again. I know what the tendency is. That's normal. But let's see what I can shift my focus to and, and do differently this time. Right? So I'm going to focus on staying in my posture. Whatever your key is, Dylan, just try and do that the last four holes. And see where the, the score. And the other part is like not necessarily even knowing where you are score-wise. Right? That's another thing. Yeah. Well, well yeah. You focus on your key. You focus on your routine and doing and doing that great you'll lose much more track of of score mm-hmm. and that's the key that's the key i love it Ev. yep love it well dylan thanks again for sending that in keep us posted we'd love to get a follow-up message um so definitely give us a call back let us know how you're doing how that um how those things can work for you and for others that may uh, connect with that or have a question themselves, definitely uh, give us a call. And that number is 213-640-7606. All right, Serm, number two, Jack. Hey, it's Jack Christensen. Uh, we've actually chatted a bit on, on Instagram. Um, but I was hoping that maybe in your next podcast you can unpack a little bit of the the mental barrier for the yips, um, in my experience, currently going through it, uh, it's extremely frustrating and hard to, to find the drive to go to the range and grind it out and figure out what's going on. Uh, but then beyond that, it seems like it's much more of a mental thing to suffer from the yips than a physical thing. I feel like my swing is consistent and the same and, uh, you know, what seems like I should be making good contact and hitting a great iron is is not, and uh, it really feels like a big mental block. Uh, would be a great one to unpack. Thank you in advance, and looking forward to hearing you in the next pod. Love it. Well, Jack, thanks so much for the support and sending in your question. So I work uh, with a golfer on the yips. Um, we've been working on this for a while. Dr. Joe Parent spoke about the yips a bit on our podcast. 
um, four or so episodes ago. So Jack, if you haven't listened to that podcast, I would definitely recommend going back and checking that out. Um, but the funny thing about the yips is it's the ultimate physical manifestation of fear of outcomes, right? And so what is our brain, what is our brain designed to do? Our brain anticipates danger, right? Things that we don't want to happen. That's how we've literally survived. So a yip is simple anticipation for something you don't want to happen. And it starts this, this crazy cycle because some folks have trouble taking the club back, right? Because they're anticipating uh, what they don't want to happen at impact, right? So every little moment, it sounds like Jack has a full swing yip. Um, a lot of people struggle with putting yips and chipping yips. Um, but essentially, the yip is simply the anticipation of, of impact because uh, you're probably going to the ball and thinking about instead of what you're trying to accomplish or the target you're aimed at or your swing keys, um, you're probably thinking about not yipping, right? And so your brain focuses on, can really only focus on one thing. And so since you're so focused on not yipping, it almost, your brain short circuits and you have this little yip at impact. You're not really having um, a fluid committed motion because you're afraid of what's going to happen when you get over the ball, right? It's totally normal, totally natural. Well, the question is, how can we focus on something beyond impact, right? So I've seen many things like this before in putting, just to give you an example, um, and chipping too. I think Ward Jarvis, the mental coach for Brendan Todd and um, Jimmy Walker and um, Glover on tour, who he's been on the show many times. I've seen him do drills with chipping before where the, you don't know when the coach is going to um, drop a ball or move the ball, right? So you're just doing a chipping motion um, just like you would a practice stroke. And sometimes the ball is there, sometimes it's not. To kind of um, you know instill this motion of you're focused on the motion, you're not focused on impact. Regardless of where the ball is, you're doing the same motion, right? I've seen people with putting focus on the top of the putting grip instead of the ball, right? And so this is another example similar to Dylan, where he needs to shift his focus to what not what he's trying to score or what he's trying to accomplish in the moment. For you, Jack, I'd say we need to focus less on not yipping and more on a key that helps you have more of a fluid motion through impact. So what are some examples, right? Um, one thing that's helped me is instead of thinking about impact, how can you focus on a key that helps you follow through? So how can you maybe think about your belt loop going towards the target, right? Where you're not really thinking about your hands at all, but you're thinking about how can my body go through the target? What could be a tempo key for you, right? Either counting to yourself, um, you know, one, two, three through the shot or feeling really light, um, maintaining your posture again, rhythm, getting to a great, like holding your follow through is another great key, right? These are th all things that you can try, Jack, that can help get you past holding on at impact. It's all about how can I swing and follow through through the ball 
and also be okay. At the end of the day, it's ultimately caused by trying to control the result and riddled in fear. So how can you accept any result? Because Jack, as you know, trying to control and ironically trying to not make things happen is the best way to (laughs) create the things you're trying to avoid, right? So I, I would try the things I mentioned as ways to make more committed fluid swings and not be so focused on what you're not trying to do at impact. Does that make sense, sir? Yeah, I love it. I've, you know, you've got a lot of experience in this area and I think that's a really good breakdown and, and you got to kind of, like you said, you got to, might have to try a few different things that you mentioned and see what sticks, um, as you kind of, you know, find a key or a thought, you know, what I would say to Jack is you got to identify why this is happening. Right. And you be on the driving range and you're making swings, Jack, and you're, you're ripping it. You don't have a care in the world, right? They don't care about the result. Well, why don't you go try and play around and not keep score and see how you do. See what those, how many, how many times you feel like you have the yips or you see what those shots are like. Sometimes when you go out and you don't, you don't keep score, you don't care, right? You have no expectations. There's nothing to add up. There's no putt to make. There's no embarrassing moment in front of your friends. None of it matters. And I would really kind of, you know, look around and <laughs> feel around and, and and see what that's like. And I think you'll take a lot from that. And I think you'll find yourself like, oh my God, I can actually do this. I I can hit the ball. I can execute. I can hit that iron shot, that seven iron from 160 and put it on the green. So that's what I would say. Give that a shot. See what that feels like. See what you learn about yourself. And then it'll be time to go and you're going to go play with your buddies and you're going to play for score, but you'll be able to at least translate those feelings because they're familiar. And uh, those yips will go away. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I'll say, Serum, you made me think of is, you know, I've said this before on the show probably over a year ago, but, you know, I realized that anytime I was playing at a private club or, um, you know, with our buddy that's a really good player. I would be playing really tight and tentative because um, I didn't want to like blow up. I wanted to show that I could play there, that I belonged. And I realized I wasn't swinging like I do when I'm back home, you know, or at the you right. know courses I normally play at. So I realized I was so afraid of the environment. I was only seeing the trouble. I was tentative. I was tight. And I realized I had this belief about this course that I just never played well there, right? Because it's harder than the other courses I played. So it sounds meta to say this, but it actually worked. I started to like notice the beauty of the course when I played. And I actually played with like a much more light, like grateful energy where I like noticed, man, that's actually a pretty sweet tree over there. I know it sounds crazy, but like it actually works, you know, like I noticed that water feature. I noticed how the quality of the grass, I noticed the shape of the hole. I healthy distraction out there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it, and it just, and it just brings the stress level down. I think that's great. Yeah. So Jack, I think that type of stuff's important too, of like, I know in the yips, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of embarrassment. 
a great way to break out of that is to start to appreciate where you're at. Everyone says be in the present. Nobody really knows how to do that. The best way to do that is through observing what's around you. You know, how does this grass feel under my feet? How does the wind feel? Um, how does the club feel in my hands? What does that tree look like? What is like, just start noticing things and start to like break yourself out of what you're trying not to do and just becoming a little bit more free and grateful that you're outside and having fun. And I know that that's, you know, look, it's not going to, you're not going to go straight from struggling with the yips to feeling maybe grateful out there. But the only thing you can do is feeling less fearful. Take a mini step to feeling grateful and maybe feeling a little less shame, giving yourself a little bit more encouragement, putting a little less stock on how bad the yips are, but maybe think it's not as bad as you think it might be, right? All of those little things might help along with the swing key stuff we talked about. Um, And so thanks again. Uh, to Jack for sending in that question. Please give us a call back um, and let us know how that's going. Again, it's 213-640-7606. We'd love a follow-up and any other questions you have, we're happy to answer them on a future mailbag. Absolutely. All right. Last one for today. Our mutual best friend. He heard we were doing this, sir. He sent one in. wants to Excuse me. I think he wants to talk short game. Let's dive into it, Ev. All right. Let's see what Ryan has to say. Evan, Finger, Matt, Thermac. Hey, guys. Ryan Winehouse, big fan here of the PAR train. And uh, really just wanted to leave you guys a message. Really looking for some advice here. You know, I uh, play a lot of golf, stroke play, match play, you name it. I did have a question for you, though. In match play, I have found myself not being nearly as aggressive, playing a little bit more timid. Especially on the greens, you know, having a 12 to 15 footer, you know, I, I, I'm nervous about running that putt of about three, four feet by. So I find myself not being nearly as aggressive, especially in putting. And curious as to your take on that, why I might be doing it that way, and uh, just any words of encouragement to get better. Let me know. Thanks, guys. All right. This is your college teammate. Um, I'm going to let you start it off, sir. I see you laughing. Uh, what do you think about our guy, Ryan? Match play is interesting, and he does, like he said, he plays a ton of it at uh, at, at his club at Meadowbrook. So here's what I would say, Rye: Why are you so caught up in you know potentially losing a hole, right? So if you you know you lose one hole by three strokes, you only go one down, right? So I would you know don't be afraid. To, to hit the putt that you know how to hit, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? In stroke play, you sometimes have to think about that a little bit, right? Even though it's a 15-footer, but it's downhill, you know, if I hit it a little too hard, I, I, I could three-putt. So, but in match play, you got you to gotta forget about it because you're, you're not dealing with the same consequences, and that should free you up. Also, right, I mean, what are you feeling like when you're on the tee with your driver? You're one of the best ball strikers I've ever seen. You're feeling very free. Um, I would think about what those feelings feel like and what your routine is like and what your mind's like and, and try to translate that over to, uh, to putting. And lastly, the hardest thing in match play, as you know, Rye, as good as anybody, is 
is not getting caught up with what your opponent is doing. You've played Meadowbrook a million times. You know what clubs to hit. You know what shots to hit. You know how to shape it around certain holes. So just do it, right? And <laughs> don't even, you know, don't even watch what he's doing. You, there's one way to, there's a way to play the golf course and you know how to do it. You shouldn't have to change how you play a course that you know so well and have shot really low scores at just because some other guys, you know, playing good or playing bad or hitting this shot. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking Ev for Rye. You know, what do you think about what I'm thinking? You think he's going to take this advice? I mean, I sure hope so. And our member guest in September. What's interesting is um, match play, the results are in front of your face, right? Um, they're right in front of you. Whereas you know where your opponent is, you know where you stand. And so every shot can have a little bit more meaning to it because the result is right in front of you. Whereas in stroke play, you might not know where everyone else is at, right? You might not choose to look at a leaderboard if you're playing in an event. Um, you don't know what's to come, right? A, a, a bad number early on, um, you still might shoot an okay score if you go on a little run later, whereas match play is much more, there's much more heightened uh, sense and, and meaning on every shot because you know it's a hole-by-hole hole match. And so what I think you said is actually important I think reminding himself that he knows the course as well as anyone or that he's capable, he doesn't need to be afraid. He's a good player, right? And re reminding yourself of that, it's easy to get a little self-conscious when you're going up against someone, especially a good player, or if you don't feel comfortable with your game. I think all the positive reminders are always important. Um, but also, you know, I think it's important to think about what it, let's ask ourselves why, why is he nervous to leave himself a five footer? That's information, right? I don't think Ryan would be as nervous if there's a hazard left and OB right. And he has to hit a fairway. I don't think he would, and his, and his part, his uh, opponent hit a fairway and they're coming down to the last hole. He has to hit a fairway. I don't think Ryan's quite as nervous there. What does that tell you? He's clearly more confident with his driver than his putter, right? Okay. Yeah. So then that well, tells us that maybe he's not feeling as confident with short putts. So what does that tell you leading into a match play event? Maybe, and I know Ryan doesn't like to practice, you know, he's more of a go out and play kind of guy, but maybe that means spending the day before draining five footers. So maybe if he blows it by, he's not going to feel as worried about what that potential outcome would be. Yeah. And I'll, say, I'll, I'll close with this. The minute you start thinking about what your opponent's doing and that starts impacting your decision-making, you got to stop. You got you to step back, pull off the shot and just refocus. You know, again, when you have that familiarity at your, own, at your home course, right, you know exactly what to do. You know how these putts break. You know these speeds. There's one way to do it. And that's just making a confident stroke. So be cognizant of that. Yeah, totally. And the last thing I'll say, Serm, is like, you know, we're all so hard on ourselves. 
um, you got to remember that everyone has these thoughts and feelings. Like it took Phil six holes on Sunday at the PGA of swinging tentative tight swings because guess what? Just like a match what Ryan was describing, Phil's chance to make history and win a major at 50 years old was more of a reality Sunday morning versus Brooks than it was the first three days leading up to it, right? But what did Phil and Tim say? What did Tim tell us in his podcast? He said, hey, Phil, if you want to win this, we got to get back to what we were doing before. We got to make committed swings. And wherever that leaves us, you know, so be it. But the best chance for us to win is to make committed swings, right? And so similar to what we told, it's kind of similar to what we said to both um, Dylan and Jack is if Ryan's feeling tentative, what can Ryan do to get back to what helps him make the best stroke, make the best swing, right? Is that him? Uh, is that his tempo? Is that staying in his posture? Is that ripping it, right? Is that hitting a, a, a knockdown? Like, what does he feel the most confident? What helps him hit his best shots? And for putting, you know, for, Joe Perrin has talked about this. It's worked a lot for me. Like, all you can do is start it on your line. Your job, like, remember your job on the putting green, right? Your job is not to make putts. Your job is not to leave yourself a tap in. Your job is to get the ball started. So pick your line, trust your stroke, take your pack to practice stroke, feel it, keep your head down, start the ball on your line. And if you leave yourself a five-footer, you leave yourself a five-footer. But I think what's so easy in match play is we create these narratives for ourselves. We're kind of, we were talking off air, sir. I'm like, you think to yourself, oh man, this is going to be a big, this is going to be real embarrassing or a huge swing. If I'm in the middle of the fairway and three putt and make bogey and my opponent was in the trees, makes par. And suddenly a hole that I thought I was going to win easily, he actually won, right? So that stuff happens in match play all the time. But I think sometimes we get caught up in that narrative and we put more pressure on a putt like the 12-footer because we don't want that to happen because it looks, it, it's embarrassing, right? But actually that whole quote momentum thing doesn't actually have to happen. That's all in our head. You can easily reset and say, okay, made a mistake, didn't put that like I wanted. Let's be committed next hole. It's a yeah. whole new match, right? Restart I your my, plan. I, and here's the thing, Ev, and Rye, I mean, as you guys know, you guys have played a lot of match play. It is, it's impossible not to think about your opponent. But every time I'm on the green, I always say he's going to make it to myself. Mm-hmm. And it locks me in. I always say he's going to make this putt. So when I'm in my, I'm, I know that, you know, that's something I got to do. Right? And, right. and when he misses, we're always, you take a deep breath. Oh, well then it's okay if I miss. No. Right. So. And guess what, sir? Pull, pull around with it, Rye. Yeah. Guess what, sir? You, you said everyone thinks that, right? So guess who else is thinking that stuff? Your opponent. So instead of feeling defensive of what yeah, might happen, remember you could put pressure on him or her. Take the offensive, right? Put some pressure on, drain it. Give yeah, yourself the best chance. When you're out in match play and you're assertive all day, good things are going to happen. Because remember, the bad stuff never gets amplified. It's just one hole. It's just right. one up, one down. 
yeah, when we play, last thing I'll say before we end this episode, um, I remind myself when I play in matches, especially in the member guests with Ryan, I remind myself that everyone here is super nervous. Everyone here is trying not to make mistakes. And everyone here at some point in the round will get in their own head. So anyone listening to this podcast is already far ahead of the everyday golfer because you have some sort of framework or training or reset mechanism to know that what you think, what you choose to focus on is your choice. And you can always come back, reset, and be better the next hole. Um, and that actually gives me a lot of confidence going into a match because I know there's a 95% chance I'm mentally stronger than my opponent. Pretty much 100% yeah. chance that I have a better mental game than my opponent. That helps me play a little bit more free, a little bit more confident. And I actually like having a little swagger, you know, yeah. and feeling like I'm going to win. Then this feeling of like, folding tentative i hope i don't three putt that's just not how you play good golf no and you don't have fun that way either right so no it's great i love that this was awesome a little bit shorter you know of an episode but um guys as always we're going to keep doing these as long as you guys keep sending in your voicemails so once again give us a call at 213-640-7606 we'll do probably three or four an episode and uh this is super fun yeah no guys thanks for thanks for calling in this is kind of the magic of the par train right taking it down brainstorming and helping each other so yeah let's keep let's keep enjoying the ride right ev yep keep enjoying the ride no matter how you hit it focus on what you can control guys if you haven't already give us a subscribe at apple podcasts if we provided any value to you at all definitely give us a subscribe leave us a review it makes a big difference for us so we want to keep doing more of these episodes and um Follow us at The Par Train, Instagram, Twitter. I'm DMing with you guys all the time with questions. And we put a lot on Instagram that isn't on the show. So um, we're hoping to add value in every place where we have a presence. And as always, guys, thanks so much for hopping aboard and enjoy the ride. See you guys.